evening, everybody. Welcome to the Ristic Buddies podcast. I will be your host. My name is Hanser. I have been uh playing Magic for since quite a long time. Lawin, since Lawin until now. Um, I mainly play EDH. I dabbled into a bit of competitive Magic back then in my days, but I mostly play uh, EDH and a little bit of CEDH there. I mostly play uh I mostly play synergistic style deck with a lot of moving parts like an engine. So that'll be me. And joining me today are my two co-hosts. The first one will be my good friend Mitch. Introduce yourself. Hi. Um I guess I'm just gonna be called Mitch through this whole thing. Uh, I've been playing since uh, Gatecrash. Um mainly I'm kind of a control player, but Everyone just assumes I'm an aggro player for some weird reason. Uh, I played a little bit of competitive magic. Uh, as soon as it comes back, I want to go back in for modern and standard, at least. Okay, um, and uh, oh, eh. is it all? Yeah. Okay, and then for our third co-host will be one of my good friend, Jonathan. Take it away. Hi, my name is Jonathan. Um, I've been playing magic since the days of Legion. Oh, I'm an old man, that's what you are. Well, <laughs> well, I'm not really old. Okay, anyways, um, the main, I usually play EDH and uh, CDH. My, the name of my game is to just uh, try very hard to make janky stuff. Something like uh, Zada for now at the moment. It's either a 1 or 11 kind of deck. Yeah, I prefer games where there's no, uh, what do you call it? A short outcome or something. Yeah. So oh. I mean that's just my, my play style or preferred oh. way of playing the game. <laughs> I can I can feel Mitch's eye twitching, just remembering the Kid Rock game and the Zada game. He's just twitching. Okay, and lastly, okay, you may not hear a lot from him, but he will be the one that controls the pace of everything. The guy behind the magic will be our producer, Mr. Jack Che Minter. Oh Minter, introduce yourself. Oh my god, don't don't, don't expose my full name. What the hell? No, of course I must. I promise you, I will. I uh, well, no, I'll be mostly of the disembodied boys. Ah, uh, hinting everyone else. I I should be quite soft, percent. Anyway, my my deck of choice is usually mutually assured destruction, so it's better to end the game altogether. No win situation is more. I think. Wow. Well, the opposite of my uh divine intervention, root. Okay, anyways, today's uh, show topic will actually be a topic that we decided on because recently uh, Minter himself and a few of other people in our in our group or in our show in general actually started using proxies for their deck. So I I believe uh, in not only in in every in in our group but other groups as well. The proxies has always been like a it's an iffy subject to most people. So here we're gonna discuss. I want to see how what's everyone's opinion on the proxies. So I I will start with and Mitch. Uh, I want to know what's what what what's your stand. I believe since you are also a competitive player, your stand on proxy should be a little bit more rigid. I I believe. Uh, it really depends. Uh, cause there's a lot of different types of proxies. So there's the printed paper kind, like when you go to a printer. You print out the whole thing, uh, or you take a blank piece of paper, you write it down, name, details, I guess. Uh, you have the card name and effect with some random original art. Like maybe you want a anime girl on that card instead of the usual, I don't know, ugly Liliana or something. Oh, whoa, 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 so rude to my Liliana, whoa. And then you have the ones that do the actual art. Uh, the, it's a full card by itself. It either has the magic back or it doesn't have the magic back. And I would consider those counterfeit cards. So you don't oh. consider you don't consider them proxies, you consider them counterfeit. So it's like for you it's like a different thing altogether, I assume. Yeah, but people do still like they'll buy the the counterfeit cards with no magic back and consider that a proxy. Okay, I want I want to know your stance. So let's say I, I use a card. My card has the magic back. The color is slightly discolored as usual for for you know fake. And but the front is the actual art with the actual symbol and everything. Will you consider a proxy or a, a counterfeit? Like if let's say I were to use it in my deck. 
I would still consider it a counterfeit card. So were you, are, are you okay with that? No, I think uh, as long as it can be mistaken for a real card, uh, it should never be used. Because it's quite easy to forget. And then one day, oh, you have a copy? Do you have extra? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Here, buy it off me. And that's yeah, why stupid mistakes happen. But the bag isn't like the real Magic the Gathering bag, though. It depends, eh? That's why I say, because uh, nowadays, counterfeit. Uh, we digress a little bit to, from our topic. Is the counterfeit nowadays, I know it's actually quite quite good. Like, I know some people don't mean, but I don't mean to, but I know instances where I believe the card in question was a Mox Diamond, where they thought it was a real Mox Diamond. So uh, then it was actually a fake Mox Diamond because the person who... The person who passed to that person, like the very first person, so the person who received, who used it was the third party, thought it was a real Mox Diamond because the first person uh, who used the fake Mox Diamond knowing it's a fake, forgot that it's a fake because the, the quality of the, the card was quite good. Also, I, I, I kind of understand uh, Mitch's stand on this. It's very easy to, for mistakes to happen. So as long as he uses, like even if you use the the real a fake bag or something with the sleeve you cut you can barely tell so what if it's just a situation where oh you want the card okay i just pass you the whole thing and it doesn't get unsleeved and it gets unsleeved later only and misunderstandings happen so just don't, don't use counterfeit cards if it is supposed to be a proxy it should be very easily uh differentiable from a real magic card that's a fair point. So basically, you know, what in, like what uh printing on a piece of paper, just cut it very haphazardly so you can see it's made of paper <laughs> rather than magic cut. Yeah, something like I always do basically. Well yeah, yeah. I, I get where you stand, I get where you stand. Anything else you want to uh you add? Um not we, we, we put the yeah, we'll just put the C E D H one at the bank first. Uh, uh I want to see what is your stand, Jonathan. Okay, um, I think it depends mainly on whether we are talking about uh, competitive or kitchen top magic okay, let's, in general. Let's for, let's for now, uh, let's not think about CEDH. Because CEDH, okay. in a way, it's just something altogether. No, what no, do you competitive think about as in like, uh, something as uh, like Friday Night Magic or like, is that is it still called Friday Night Magic? Yes, yes, yes. It's still, rela- <laughs> yes, it's still FNM. It's been so long since I played Friday Night Magic, uh, so I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Yeah, so I mean, I think in a sense of just proxies in general within your own playgroup, I think it's fine as long as everybody has a clear understanding of that is a proxy mm-hmm. being used. Yeah. So because it's like as long as you're inside your own like your own local playgroup, I don't see it as a I don't see it as a problem. It's only when you are intermingling with other players from another playgroup, you might have an issue regarding the different stands on our proxies. So to me personally, I will just go with uh proxy as a uh, something that you limit it within your own uh current play group in that so environment itself. So your stand is basically if you play with your friends, sure, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then uh okay. Then I will I will I will go to mine. I'll I'll go to mine. I I personally, I'm in my opinion, especially when it comes to EDH, for casual 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 EDH. I, I actually take quite a stand against proxies. Not say totally against proxies, but in my opinion is there shouldn't be a need to proxy like your ADH there. But I, I give some leeway to certain things like maybe you're a new player, you want to test a certain card, you know, I can close one eye. Or, uh, you know, like as long as you print something that's legible, like, oh, you're going to print, or you're making a super friend stack, you need doubling season. Doubling season costs like 80 fucking dollars. You, you go print a legible i can see i take a quick look i can read uh doubling season it explains what it does and everything i'm okay but personally i'm not very into proxies i i feel like there shouldn't be a need to proxy if you're just playing casual english a lot of cards like you know you can just don't play the card no one say you must play doubling season no one say you must play rhystic study force of wheels you know the dual lens you can just play you know a more a different version of the card so i'm not say totally against proxies, I'm okay with certain leeway. As long as if you were to play with me, let's say I've never played you, you come to me, hey, uh, my deck has proxies, are you okay with that? I'm generally okay. But 
in my personal opinion, if you can don't proxy, just don't proxy. Like there's no re- there's really no need for you to proxy most cards. Obviously, it differs from playgroup to playgroup. Like certain playgroup, like I know one of uh, our friends, he's uh he has like a playgroup that is quite competitive in the sense that they're not playing CEDH, but they're playing like the upper limit, like the max limit of what you can consider a casual deck. So all their deck is standard. Mox Diamond, uh, Mana Crit, uh, Green Monolith, all this super fast mana. So, they're, and they are the type that is not like me who dismantle the deck the moment they are done. They keep the deck and then just keep tuning. So they say, hey, they just show, I have the Green Monolith, the real one. I have four decks that needs Green Monolith. So they just have Green Monolith. Like, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I mean, that, yeah. that stance is fair. But... I believe it's also part of the to the person like your own self-control. You cannot just be like, oh, I have green monolith, but I have five decks and all five decks must have green monolith. Like, like have some self-control. It's up to player to player. It's like their own integrity. But that's my stand on it. I'm quite against it in normal EDH unless like you're saying, oh, I want to test this card. And then if it's good, I will go buy. I'm like, sure, I have nothing against it. But, you know, if you are like one of our old friends, Mitch, who played like a full black and white EDH deck? That is just no bueno, man. That's actually the kind of proxies I really dislike. I I don't like black and white proxies or the I'm gonna write down the name of this card. Oh, the full details all in pen paper. Ooh. Yeah, at least put to... some effort into it, uh, basically. Like some color. I mean I've seen people who proxy <laughs> with a lot of effort. Like they go and draw on the thing and it looks really nice. But if I can't Tell what that card is from across the table. Because you write down a band of paper, and no matter what you draw, I don't know if it's a creature or a planeswalker or who knows what it is. And considering you have to pay attention to three other people in addition to your own board, it's just not fun. You don't. You really don't need that in your life, basically. I don't need so... to actually pay attention to other people. I mean that's. I mean, I guess we can say we are. We can say in just general, in a general consensus, we are quite flexible in terms of, like, uh, EDH, but we are more uh leaning against the towards the against side of using the proxies. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, not everyone is in the same like uh financial situation as another person, so I understand that. But let's come on, guys, be real here. You don't really need. A lot of expensive cards. Like if all if your whole group is playing super expensive cards, and they are just like bullying you with their expensive deck compared to yours. Like, I mean, just go find a new group. Come on, those don't don't just sit there and take it. I mean, what but tend to police themselves. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I expect I actually expect like because I know the argument. Like I I I use I can't remember who was it I had this discussion with, but I I always believe like when it comes to this kind of thing with their groups. I feel it's a thing where you have to police yourself. Not in, even in terms of proxies. I feel it's like the power level especially. You have to police yourself. Like if your group is not of a certain level and you want to play your group but you are, you have the cuts that you know can push your deck to the next level then, and you are using it and just like oh turn 4 at NOS combo and just hit your, just kill your friend before they even do anything like then you are quite yeah, That's a bit too much huh? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 to tie on to an old thing, the, the, one of the oldest thing is like, is the Hall Breacher thing. The, the logic of banning Hall Breacher just because it works with Will is really very stupid. Like, I know it's a very powerful card, but come on, uh, as a player, you should have some self-control. Like, your group is a casual group. Don't be putting Hall Breacher wheels in your deck. Like, self-self-control. Anyway, since we're on the topic of Wills and Hullbridger. I want to know what's your opinion on for CEDH. I mean, all of us here play CEDH to a certain extent. We all have a deck. So, what's your stand on CEDH? I know, Mitch, for you, your CEDH, as your, especially you have the least amount of proxies among all of us. I do. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you, you never even proxy anything. Alright, your, your Godo has zero proxies. So, uh, you have the... Godo has a few proxies because I can't get the card and they're basically essential to the deck. Like, like? Uh, if I remember correctly, Dockside is proxied because if I don't have Dockside in the deck, the deck is dead. 
Uh, what else? I have a few expensive cards in there that I want to get eventually. I just don't like the idea of proxies in general. I'd rather just have all the real cards. But mm-hmm. it's a necessary evil for CEDH. I guess. <laughs> Not everyone can afford. Um, like if you don't have a dual land the, and you're playing a multicolored deck, the deck is automatically worse than it would be in uh, as compared to a deck which does have to do a land. I mean, but that's the difference in CEDH and EDH, isn't it? Like in CEDH, yeah. because we are all agreed that we're going to play to the maximum power level. So I feel dual lands in there is becomes like an essential kind of thing. Your deck is just going to be weaker to the others who's playing yeah. the exact same deck if you do not have the dual lands. You have slower You're mana. just like capping yourself like, in a way. Exactly. So uh, yeah. that's the difference, yeah. Oh and- yes, please continue. And it is a format where the percentage points matter quite a bit. Mm, I agree. So, if you're not proxying just because the card is expensive, I think it actually isn't that great. You're actually doing a disservice to the rest. Because you're meant to be playing like 100% fully competitive decks. But uh, I can't afford it, so I'm not going to proxy this, 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 and this. And it defeats the, the spirit of uh, CDH, basically. That's what you're saying. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would agree so because you know uh I expect like for like if I were to play EDH with you guys, like CEDH especially, I expect you guys to take out your CEDH. I'm not interested in playing my CEDH that against a deck that is not of that level. Because I feel it's like that's not what we agree upon. We agree upon to go for each other throat and I want to go for your throat and I want you to go for my throat. Yeah. I kind of like expect the the atmosphere of, you know, being competitive where everything I do matters to a certain extent. Like, oh, uh, track assessment, playing against the best cards. It feels quite bad on my part that my opponent cannot uh, respond to me because simply he does not have the card or mm. chooses not to proxy that card because he cannot afford it. Okay, that's, okay then since, yeah. we're, since we're on you, what do you think, John? What's your stand? I assume you are like... I, from what I hear, you're quite pro as well, right? On the CEDH proxies. Especially because oh, yeah. your CEDH deck required to play the chains of Mickey Mouse Funhouse, which costs oh, like an ungodly amount of money. Yes. Okay, Um, because for CEDH, it's, it, def- it depends on because it's, there is that mindset of playing the best iteration of that deck against mm. other the three other people that who are also doing the same thing. So, as long, to me... <clears throat> Excuse me. To me, I feel that as as long as there's the mutual agreement that okay, we are all trying to play to win kind of scenario, then that's where I feel that the barrier to the barrier of entry, the barrier to the entry of our CDH should be should not be money. It should be more of like other factors like okay, maybe location, time, etc. etc. So proxies are I feel that it's it's quite okay for CDH in general. I agree on that. I, I also agree that I the the problem I have with I with CEDH, like for people joining, is you the really is the money. Like going into CEDH, if the cards you need are just let's be very honest, no matter what color you play, you can play a monocolored uh Godo, you can play monocolored uh Baral. Like even then the cards inside are not cheap. Godo essentially wants I uh, I believe Green Monolith. They want all the fast mana, Green Monolith. Mana Vault, Mana Creep, these are not cheap cards. Lion's Eye Diamond, not cheap. So even if, it's not just because you play less, uh, less color, the deck is cheaper. It's, CEDH as a format is quite expensive. And if, I feel the barrier to entry is just money. It's just It just cuts the format, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, I can't play just because I don't have the money. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of sad. There's something to do with staples, uh, probably. Because yeah, it's like, the, yes. every different color has their own staples. So even if you play mono, it's also going to cause it's going to tear your wallet into half, basically. Yes, I agree. I yeah. mean, for for me, my stand on CDH uh, proxy is that for me, I I have my deck is not as uh as heavily proxied as most. I I proxy like those cards like, let's be real here, for uh Wheel of Fortune, Lion's Eye Diamond, those like triple digit cards. Hey, is... you're welcome for my cradle. Hey. 
Thanks. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, of all things, I don't use your credo for CEDH. God damn it, return it to me then. <laughs> okay, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I, I try not to, I try to have like a limit. Like, if I don't own a certain card for CEDH, like, for example, Mental Misstep, you don't use Mental Misstep for, uh, for any other format. I mean, you do like in combative, but it's not a, excuse me, uh, EDH card. Like, but in CDH it's like a staple and mental means that if I remember last I checked it's seven dollars so it could be more so I just pay the seven dollars for the mental missteps. You know things like uh consultation just I pay the money for the consultation because I feel these are within reasonable. Like I feel if you want to play the format, be it CDH or EDH, you must have like a set a certain level of commitment into it. Like I guess money is part of it. Like I commit. I'm I want to play this format. So I will put a certain amount of money into it. It show it, it feels nice for me as a player to see as well that you're you know, you put in a little bit of your money and time to like, oh, this card is about ten dollars. I can afford the ten dollars I put in. But obviously this is on a case to case basis, lah. Yeah. Different yeah. people with like different people, yes. Different, different financial. Yes, correct. Different earning situations. powers. Yeah. Mm. But let's like say that's why I am more okay with EDH C E D H story for proxies because to play the deck, I, I mean, unless you are very rich or you start, you've been playing since God knows when, I, the cards that, the staples for the format is, it's goddamn ridiculous. Uh. Let's be real here. Yeah. I mean, there's really only one real place that you can blame for most of the staples costing a ridiculous amount. Ah, uh, yes. 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 The format <laughs> that we don't touch. <laughs> no, it's because of one list. It's something I also want to talk about today. So, I want to hear your opinion on, you know, I mean, it's not because of, you know, the other formats that, you know, certain cards are expensive. I'm pretty sure it's not because of a format, it's more of like a, a list. The, you know, the legendary list in all of Magic the Gathering. The forbidden list. The... The too expensive don't touch list. <laughs> yes. The reserve <laughs> list, as they say. Oh. I mean, it... Since we're on the topic of proxy, which is like a, some, a subject that, you know, is quite back and forth. Uh, let's go, let's tackle the reserve list. What do you think, which of the reserve, your personal opinion of the reserve list? Abolish it. I want yeah. to see all the prices crash. <laughs> just just reprint uh, Lion's High Diamond as common in a standard set. Let's go. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's greedy, but oh. yes. <laughs> Relax there, Satan. Wow. You abolish the list, okay, but common Lion's either calm down, calm down. Well, I don't need the world to be plunged into anarchy just after COVID. Thanks. Oh, Relax, that's, <laughs> that's a very hot take. Hey, hey, <laughs> you want the hottest take? Replace the common slot. Replace the land slot with a dual lens. Oh, yeah. yeah. Relax, wow. relax. Wow. Relax, relax. <laughs> well, calm down, calm down. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, Jordan, what's your take on the reserve list? As an owner of several reserve list cards, I say <laughs> it needs to go. Because it doesn't matter to me because at the end of the day, okay, say for someone, even if they remove the reserve list, the prices are not going to tank overnight simply because the cards I own are the very first versions. So it sort of retains that nostalgia factor into the price of the cards. For at least for the old, for the first versions. Say for someone, your greatest cradle. Greatest cradle. Your greatest cradle that I made near me. Wow, yeah, sure. What a nice life. Okay, so <laughs> even if I have the reserve, even if I have the, the cradle, right? And the next day, the reserve list goes away and they reprinted, they reprint uh, the cradle in the next set or something. It doesn't really matter to me because I sort of believe that the price will always hold, especially for the OG, the original uh, version of the card. Yeah. So, you know, the reserve list should go, honestly speaking. Okay, my take is the same. I think the reserve list to go. But what you say actually holds quite a good point. Like, if it's not only... It's, it's proven to a certain extent, like, you see the original mana drain and the current mana drain, the price difference is totally, it's worlds apart. Like, it's yeah. not gonna, I mean, it's, it's not, I'm not gonna say that, uh, I cannot promise you that chain, chain of, uh, McDonald's is gonna hold its price. You know, I, I have a feeling that it's, it's definitely gonna drop. Like, but it's not gonna drop to like, from a thousand over dollar, it's gonna drop to like, what, 10 bucks over, like, it's not gonna happen. No. And and we all know the the way Wizard Prince card is so stupid. Like, what's the point of look at stupid Force of Will? It's it's been reprinted multiple times, and the price for Force of Will is still ridiculously expensive. 
it's not like oh because your dual lens just got reprinted it's gonna be like oh suddenly a $20 card no but I mean if Wizards decide to say oh I'm gonna print dual lens like how I print shock lens then I can't give you that I can't that's say a different anything. story altogether yeah but I, I don't yeah. know I, I just find the reserve like the reserve list I think is real stupid like in my opinion especially there are a few cards that I'm, I'm very unhappy with that it's in the uh, that it's in the reserve like especially the cards from Legends like one of my favorite cards from Legends is Hazizon, which is the Naya commander that makes the Sand Soldiers. But if you if you want to play that, like, you have to spend so much fucking money on Hazizon. It's insane. And what about cards like uh uh Sliver Queen? Like if you are a Sliver player, then you want to put a Sliver Queen in your deck. You're gonna have to shill out so much money for a Sliver Queen. I think it's very ridiculous. Like saying that, oh, I will never reprint these cards just because. I don't know. It's I really do not know at this point what's the point of the reserve list. What, what's, the, what's the promise? The reason they made the reserve list is to promise the old collectors that, you know, the cards are not going to tank in price or something like that, right? Pretty much. Yes. I mean, let's come on now. Uh, like if, if you don't want, if you want to put cards like your Mox Diamond, like, oh sorry, your Mox Jet, Mox Emerald, your Alpha stuff, you know, you want to put them in the reserve list, sure. Like your Black Lotus is because of the iconic nature of the card. But at least, you know, if you don't want to un- give us the full reserve list, just let the card slowly come out. Like what? Oh, what's the reason? Like, most is Psychic Allergy so strong that it can never be reprinted ever again? No, man. Just release me. Like, give me my Palinkrons, my Great Whales. All these cards is good cards, but they are not going to be so, like, format-breaking, I think. Like, intuition... Judge for intuition. Uh, PM me if you want to buy it from me. I have a judge for it. Right? Wow. It's, it's like $1,000. Like, ridiculous, man. It, it just become very unaccessible. It, it's very unaccessible. It feels yeah. very bad. I, especially, yeah. I, I, I want the dual lens. And the process of dual lens is... <laughs> it's pretty hard to bring new players into the format if you have the reserve list. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's that. That's that one of the more... uh, What do you call it? The stronger... One of the, I think one of the stronger points of why the reserve list needs to go. I don't know. Okay. I just I want Wheel of Fortune. That's all I want. There, okay. there is another solution to the reserve list problem. Yes. And we could always ask uh, Uncle Sheldon to just ban the whole reserve list. Wow. He can <laughs> You he cannot. He's gonna. He will get into. You know. He's gonna lose the good graces of his overlord. Yes, no, not everybody. The most important one, which is WOTC. He's gonna lose their good grace and we can't let that he can't let that happen now, can he? But I think it's fair. I I I, I if you ban the reserve list for EDH, I think it's okay, it's quite fair, but it's gonna hit the especially the C E D H player base is gonna get a big hit. Uh. Like yeah, a lot so of their players yeah. that buy in into the reserve list. Yeah. The 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 thing is I feel banning cuts. I feel like I'm I'm no expert, I'm no financial expert, but I, I feel if you ban cards, it will cause the prices of cards to actually drop more than if you release the cards into the wild. Like if you release, let's say, dual lens in, let's say, the next, let's say you give a legacy masters or whatever bullshit, and you give dual lens out, the, it's gonna, the, the price of dual lens will tank, but the original price for OG dual lens or the FBB dual lens are, are still gonna hold because of the collectability of the card. Just yeah. because it's the OG. It's just, it's it's just OG. Yeah, but OG. it allows a new group of players to have, like, oh, I have dual lens in my hand. Dual lens. I can use dual lens kind of thing. Yeah, so I feel if you ban the cards, I mean, it's just going to make it even more expensive. Then it actually makes it cheaper. Yeah, but then I don't have to acquire the cards. <laughs> well, that's just us thinking about ourselves yeah. now. <laughs> you can always just print the cards. Like, honestly, don't you actually end up getting more players into the format if you just ban the reserve list? If, mm. you know, Timmy over there didn't have to get a Lion's Eye Diamond just to make his deck work. Actually, is it actually, a lot easier for him to come in? No, no, because my, my point of view of this is slightly different. The The issue I have with the getting people into the format is not actually the reserve list card. Yeah, obviously the reserve list cards are nice, but... How often do you actually see in the wild like people playing a Gears Trader, Sarah Sanctum, Gilded Drake, you know, Hatred, Sliver Queen, Intuition, all these like staples that is from the 
reserve list, you don't see them very often in like a normal game with EDH. Because how I believe the consensus for all the most of the player base, they try to hit like a sweet power level of 7 to 8. So you seldom you'll see them playing all these like hyper-powerful cards. But obviously our group is a, a little bit of an outlier. You know, Wenshaw and his favorite Time Spiral. I love me, my Sarah Sanctum, Gears Crater. Same for Render and Lao Tzu. They all have their own, uh, what's it called, reserve list cards as well. But that is our group. We want to play on a slightly higher level. But I feel for newer players, the issues are not the reserve list. It's actually just the staples in general. Like, if, 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 imagine you're a new player. Just sit down. I, I've seen it a few times with the players that go to uh, DP to play. And then they see we play. When I play, I, my deck is quite tuned so I have like all the tutors I have demonic vampiric worldly idyllic all the tutors but they want to play and then they want to use this ability use these cards and then they see worldly tutor 30 over dollar idyllic tutor 40 over dollars you know vampiric tutor 50 over dollars it's like yeah it's, it's too much uh, the barrier of yeah. en- the barrier of entry is insane obviously like what I said at the start no one say you must play at this power level but you want to do it, you see. Like, if you see people want to do it, like, you're like, oh, I want to do it. You know, my favorite way of killing people is the standard way. Just crit, crit hoof, you all take a bunch of damage. But crit hoof is 50 over dollars. Imagine little Timmy there seeing the game like, oh my god, he did like 120 over damage with one card. I want to do that too. Then he look at crit hoof and he just go, nah. Oh, this piece <laughs> of cardboard is 50 fucking dollars. Fuck That's me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's quite ridiculous uh, in that sense. Like, it's, it's damn stupid. That, that's why the... Back to our topic of proxy, I think it's quite fair. Like, to a certain extent, you have proxies. But in general, I feel the cost of magic is just a little bit too high. Uh. Yeah, especially with the frequency of sets coming up now. You have the fatigue of yeah, too much it. magic products. You know, I, I, want, I will call myself on this. I, I assume, you know the, the master set for the one with the fetches? Yeah. I actually was quite confident saying, oh, the fetches, the price will drop. You know, it's, it's going to be no. hit, hit, hit 40. It's going to be like around 30, 20. How I was so fucking wrong. Yeah, I never believed that it would drop. It will dip a bit, but it will just... It's so, it's so stupid how the prices of Magic Card nowadays can just hold like... Oh my goodness. The... Like, it's so dumb. The prices of shock lands also are just stupid. Like, 20, they are starting to hit $20 certain shock lands. Yeah, but that has to do with external factors as well. Like, since, like, everybody's getting their COVID vaccines, then shops are opening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it, it, it's just... magic a, is back again. It, it's just a general complaint I have. Yeah. Like, the, the prices are ridiculous. Have you seen the price of City of Brass and Mana Confluence? I don't know, see. It's damn stupid, eh? It's like... I, I have a feeling I'm, if I look down, I'm just going to regret telling my confluencers. Ah, uh, yes, I yes, see. yes, you will. Yes, you will. <laughs> you definitely will. Like, is it because of. Isn't it also because of modern? Isn't yes, it's, it's much. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but I mean, obviously, EDH is not the only format that exists that controls the market. But. Oh, Mana yeah, Confluence. Yeah, Mana Confluence is not that bad. Like, it's about 30 bucks only, plus minus. Because you convert to SGD is about $30. How much do you sell yours for back then? I think 15 Ah, I think it's okay. Nah, it nah, it's okay. It's not too bad. It could be worse. But like, I mean, if you don't count, then what about the tutors? I'm pretty sure the tutors don't see play in any other format but EDH. And, and the other thing I have, the other problem, the, the biggest problem I have is the cards that's from the commander deck. The, the commander you know every set they, they always release like a commander set that oh they yes you mean like uh that stupid goblin I remember someone here who procrastinates and procrastinates on the stupid goblin maybe if you if you close your heart your eyes and you wish hard enough maybe the goblin will go back to $20 and it's still like $20 at any point I think it started off as $20 what? if I remember correctly no I'm pretty sure it's not See, now you're making me doubt myself. I have to check it now. I don't... I think it started at 20, no? Dogside X... Extortionist. Dogside Extortionist started at what? It started at its... Beginning, yeah? $20. It started at $20. God damn it. It started at $20 and even dipped to $15. (sighs) (laughs) Are you feeling better, Mitch? Is your day any better? Yeah. 
It's so much better. Hey, you're welcome, bro. I got you, fam. The worst part I hate about this is that I'm looking at the, the goldfish side and looking at the price now. $20. Then it's settled at around... um Settled for at... It's settled for... for quite a long time. Then it slowly rose to 40 and to 60 And now it's like... It's so... Uh, and it's like the... What is it called? Okay, I, I actually have a problem with this. It's the, the cycle of cards. The... Deflecting Sword and the Fierce Guardianship. The oh, discards. yeah, boy. I, I, I understand they are expensive. It's Deflecting Sword and fourth and the Fierce Guardianship. It's, so, it's, it's a very good card. That's why they are expensive. But one, do you really actually need these cards like, to be released into the format? Like, it's insane. Like, I understand it is a, the, the cards is there to push products. But it's so fucking expensive. This garden ship is like what? This garden ship is like some ridiculous price now. It's like forty dollars. Oh my god! And then because how it's only it's only printed once and it's only in one. It's in a commander deck. It just become ridiculously rare and expensive. It's the symbol may be gold, but it's a fucking mythic card, lah. Let's be real here. Yeah, it's bordering <laughs> on a pseudo reserve list, maybe. Yeah, kind of it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a pseudo-reservist yeah. kind of thing, in my opinion. It's, it's so ridiculous. And because how it's... The way it's worded, is like you have to control your commander. So unless they reprint it in a commander set, or they reprint it in a, another... uh Into like the commander legends kind of thing again, it might as well be in the reserve list. And it's very stupid. There's I mean, absolutely I, nothing wrong with printing this in a standard set at common. Oh yeah, because no one will ever use it, right? Exactly. It, it, it just... Totally doesn't change the format. Like, imagine the Drake Mage. We just tap into DP and then we just, you know, the if we go through Draft Chef and we just see Fierce Garden Ships. Oh, wow. So many Fierce Garden Ships. Everyone just have free counter spell. What a life we'll live. Oh, what a fantasy. <laughs> what a dream. But yeah, I mean, the cost of magic is a little bit too high. So my advice for any new players who's, if you are listening, that you don't have to play all these cards. Like, no one is asking you to play like Fierce Garden Ship, Reflecting Sword. All the, your land base plays all the fetch lands, play all the shock land. You run every single tutor. Obviously, if you can do it, your deck will be better. It is, but it's just a per- small percentile kind of thing. And like what Mitch said, on, in CEDH, the small percentile is where it really matters. In normal EDH, it doesn't really matter. Like, you don't have to have Demonic Tutor, just have good. Uh, steady card draw built into your deck. So, I mean, if you don't draw the card, life sucks, ah, but that's magic or any card game in general. Yeah. Just don't draw. And another the thing card. is also to gauge of, gauge, have a good gauge of your play group's uh, power level. Mm, I think that yes. will that'll be easier for you to set your expectations on what kind of decks you have to build. Mm, yes, definitely. And, if, mm. and to those players, like, have some self control when you play. Like, if you're playing with a new guy, just, and the guy is just brand new to the format, you hold it back. You don't go all out and then you try to slice his throat. But if the guy is like, he wants to, you know, oh my, I'm a, I'm a so-called veteran. I've been playing. I, I my deck is a certain power level. Just then go for it. Just go kill the guy. No one's going to stop you. I myself right. have like a bunch of power level. Like a different, I bring a set of three decks with different power level to depends on the people I play with. Yeah, end of the day, it's like it relies back on uh, the individual to self, to have self, some self-control to police yourself. Mm, mm. Like reading is fun and all that stuff, but it's better to have a consistent group of uh players where the environment is sort of healthy for like, you know, casual EDH. Mm. It makes it retains players in the format. How about that? Mm. And that's I, I, I think want, more important. I, I want more people to enjoy the format. I want more people to play. I want to like when I drop at DP, sit down there, and then a new player come, hey, I want I saw the format I want to try and I want to play with them. I want to play with new players. Like it's more fun, like seeing someone learn the format, like oh, and then see them happy playing. It, it, it brings me, it brings me joy as much joy as you know making my own play group suffer with stupid decks that I built. But wow, you know, okay, it, it, it goes both ways. I like to see new players enjoying the, you know, the game. Well, veteran players, I like to torture them because fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess that's how that's somewhat 
something that we can agree upon. Uh, like there needs to be some self-control within the playgroup itself on the expectations of power levels, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. You have anything to say about about this match or anything in general? Your thoughts? Mm, Your thoughts? I think more or less. Oh. I think people oh. are less uh, given most of our thoughts about this. I guess. I mean, okay, before I go with our with the closing, I have actually two things I want to talk about that is actually not on the show notes. I just thought of it on the spot. I want to know what's your opinion on the on the jump start that is on only on Magic Arena. Is it the it's Magic Arena, right? The yeah, Magic Arena. The Magic Arena jumpstart and how we're not gonna get the cuts. What's your What's your opinion on this? It's <sighs> so stupid. I hate it. I hate the fact that they're doing it, and it's obviously just to push uh digital sales. <sighs> I know, right? There's there's so many. I saw so many cuts like in the set. Then I'm like, oh, I want, I want them. Like I want the new Kiora. The new Kiora is so cool. Then you know, got uh. Playlist as well, but I don't like how they are going into two divergent paths with uh arena and paper magic. Yes, yes, yes. I you summarize like it. it very well. Yes, you summarize it, it very well. Yes, it just well. creates a misconception between the two players that are ex- exclusively playing in their own different domains, like paper magic and magic arena. Then it's like, hey, shit, I want to try the game. Then you go over, it's a totally different meta thing. There's no uh, how to say? There's no distinction. There's too much distinction between those two groups, those two domains, and I don't like it. It's not, I don't think it's healthy for Magic the Gathering in general if they mm. continue going down this path. What's your opinion? Uh, since you're the Magic Arena player, I just I would like to assume all these, uh, what is it? The dual, the jumpstart cards are. It's like how jumpstart is for for us people, Magic, right? It's just a separate thing altogether. Uh, it's being. It's basically uh, all of this is only happening in the historic format. It doesn't touch standard. It doesn't touch. Uh, it won't touch pioneer or modern if they eventually put it in. It's being contained just to historic. But in my opinion, it is hurting. It's going to hurt historic as a format, because historic is almost a semi-serious format. Like if they some for some reason decided they wanted to port historic over to paper, they could have done it. But now it's impossible. Mm. I agree with especially with all these special cuts. Because there's a a ve- it's historic is different enough from um Pioneer modern. and and Modern that it can be its own format. I, I know a few people are actually they are they're quite interested, like they play historic quite they are quite hardcore on the historic format, right? There's there's a big group of people that's actually like that. Yeah. But unfortunately now it's become Hearthstone, so well, why bother playing? Soon they don't have to worry about Hearthstone. Teakong Blizzard is currently shooting themselves in the foot consistently. I see. <laughs> uh, and the last thing, we, we are a bit late on the bandwagon for this, but we're just gonna summarize. What is your opinion on the latest standard set, which is terrible set. I hate the set. I I, I went through all the cards, I think with I, I went through all the cards with you answer and just yes. it's wow. so boring. It... The whole set is just boring. It's a flavor fail and it's a, a mechanics fail and it's a draft fail. GG. It's so basically it's dung and dumpster fire, basically. You know, no, it's so bad. It's like you know that time because we were talking with Mingzi, one of our ideas for our our first topic was to actually do a set review, even though we were slightly late. Like so we just think, okay, let's not do a full set review and just do a top ten. But we, there was nothing to do. <laughs> I I cannot we cannot think of a top ten like it was so bad. <laughs> like, what wizard cast was one of them. I mean, and it's just it's uncommon. And then the other one is the the dogo, the the new uh, knight of the white orchid. Everything else is so bad. Oh, it's a scuff set. Let's just be it, honest. It's, yeah, it's it's very scuffed. It's very scuffed. A lot of time, right? I I don't know. Do I still have the notes? I I I might still have the notes on my on my computer. Let me check. Uh, I still have the notes. A lot of the things that is in my notes, the most common thing is that it's bad and the word slow. Nice. Is either slow, so slow, up. or so, so slow. It's so bad. Why does this set exist? The thing I hate the most about it is that our top 10 list of the cards that 
to enjoy in that particular set, it included for us a slightly cheaper Conjurer's Closet. <laughs> uh, yes, a uh, mono, a uh, uh, colored conjurer's closet. You know, you we can I can summarize the Mitch can summarize this set very well. But I I have a question for you, Mitch. What what's your thought on Flump, the two mana mono white jellyfish? You're gonna. I'm sure it's happened many times already. Someone has just picked up a pack, cracked open the pack, they look at the Flump, and it's just it's just the feeling about the whole set. So Why would oh. you pick that as rare? Wait, 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 wait. I, I have an input on this. Ah, oh, yes, yes, Mr. Flump. What the? <laughs> so, I, I have to say that there is cards that is like very playable in this. I mean, uh, I've been observing like Oswald Pseudo Bender, the, the birthing pot for Artifact. That card is actually quite good. Yeah, I, I'm, that is one of the cards that's really, you know, okay, okay. We're just. Some bonus content. Uh, do I have the list here? Uh, I may not have the list. I can check. Is he is in the list? He is in the list. For our top ten, he is definitely in the list. Just some bonus content. Uh, the the pot for artifacts are in the list. Uh, is in the list. Sorry. I I mean it's very difficult to completely fail at a set. Like there's going to be some cards which are gonna be interesting, but it, it was just very painful going through the cards one by one and seeing. Things you were actually interested in. That's almost none. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> Vopal Sword made it into the list. And it, it's a shittier Basilisk color. The, wow. And it, it made it into the list because, like, oh, it, it, we can mimic with Goblin Sharpshooter. Ooh. Oh, that's so sad. I, I guess it's good enough. And then, like, oh, Goblin Bandilop made it to the list because it's the Goblin General. I guess that's also good enough. Everything else is just like. There's a lot of cards I notice are like shittier version of already available cards. It just makes me feel very upset. Ah, shittier versions of origi- uh, already available cards? Do you mean the Planeswalker? Oh my god, the Planeswalker. The... You know, if Loth was not a spider waifu, I just say all the five cards, all the five commanders just cannot make it. Like in, in EDH, it's EDH. Maybe one of our topics will be talking about Planeswalker, but in my opinion, Planeswalker is already terrible as uh, as a as a card type in EDH. Planeswalker is just bad, and these five of them just it's not making it any better. Like, oh my goodness, this set is so sad, so very sad. Why can't all the sets just be thrown off Eldrain? Let's be why. Well, why just be... <laughs> this is basically what? replacing our core set, so. I understand why the power level is so low, but does it have to be this low? But the flavor, though, the flavor feel. The flavor, the flavor. Okay, Jonathan. That's, that's the only thing that's bugging me is the flavor. No, the flavor. Just one thing that annoys us to know. And when you think of barbarian, what do you think of? Strong big X, guys. Uh, strong big axe. You know, I'm muscular cool. man. Yes, choppy, choppy, whirlwind. Flip quick. No. In in the in this set, roll dice. It is, it's so bad. Well, they got that gambling aspect of the barbarians down, that's for sure. Well if I want to roll if I want to gamble in Barbaria, I don't need to play on magic. I can just play Diablo. just play Diablo. I can I can gamble on my loot drop, thanks. I don't need it in my real life as well. Uh, basically it's a miss for me. Yeah, this set is a miss. It's a hard miss. Very hard miss. Mitch? Miss or hit? I'm asking for the sake of asking. It's a terrible miss. I think there's a few... One or two cards I need to pick up. But other than that, I just, I'm just not looking forward to... Buying anything from the set. It's, it's quite a drop. Uh. We can, I, I feel it's a power level deep. Starting from Kaltheim all the way till now. It's, like, it's just... I feel it's a needed power level deep. I agree. Because the previous few sets are actually quite insanely powerful. No, but what do you mean the previous few sets? I think you mean only one set. <laughs> no, no. One of them gave us a gave us a giant, remember? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> gave us two uh, giants. Which I met... I, oh, it's so stupid. Like, but Kaiheim, Strixhaven, and Dungeons and Dragons are quite weak. 
Uh, I mean, with that said, it sells some bonus content. That's our opinion on the set. I really want to do a set, a set review, but I don't want to do a set review of the Dungeon and Dragon. Maybe hey. when when the new set comes up, we will do a proper set review. Uh, we're probably gonna be doing it quite soon. Initial should be out. I think end September. Wow, well, that's fast. Oh, that's quite fast. We can do a few takes. We, I mean, we can do a few takes here and there. We can just maybe squeeze in some, uh, some cuts. But for now. You guys have our takes on the previous few sets. Forget about D&D. I'm sorry if you're a D&D player and you enjoy the set. Nothing against you. I'm happy you enjoy the set. I'm happy it exists for you. But, oh, in, terms of power le- but in terms of power level, yeah, it's just very meh. No, it's just very shitty. It's just very, very shitty. But I do need to go buy the commander set though. Just to continue my cycle of buying all the commander oh, I think products. I, I, think I, skipped, I skipped the commander sets as well. I have I haven't seen the cuts yet. I actually it I because partially because of product fatigue as well. But I took quite a long break from seeing magic cuts. And thank God I did. After the D and D review with Mitch in private, I did not want to see magic cuts for a while. So bad. Why is it so terrible? <laughs> don't know. I really don't know. But anyways, with that said, thank you for listening. Okay, if you, we were. I'm not sure. When is the next episode coming out? But for now, this is our first episode. I I'm hope I'm hoping you guys enjoy listening to us. We welcome any feedback, anything you have to say. Wherever this is uploaded, it's not up to us. It's to our to our master, <laughs> our producer son, Mister Minter. Yes. Wherever he has to upload this, if you have anything, you can please just write in how we can improve. Maybe maybe you don't like the sound of my voice so much. Maybe Jonathan sounds extremely whiny. Maybe Mitch need to wow, talk more. piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> but whatever it may be, just write in. Any, we welcome it. And uh, any and all. Uh, feedback. Feedback, yeah. Alright, thank you. With that said, thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.